Hello, and welcome to the Zero to Hired podcast, the show that helps struggling job seekers find a career that's right for you. In every episode, we have one mission, to provide you with unique tips and strategies from leading industry experts that will get you in front of hiring managers. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Zero to Hire podcast. Our very special guest this week is Nazar Ahmed. Nazar is the founder and managing editor of the award-winning career blog, CareerMetis.com, and the host of the new Career Insider podcast. Nazar, welcome to the show. John, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yes, I, you know, I've been a big fan of you. I've been following you for a long time. And uh, the information and the things that you're doing in the career space is, is amazing because you're really providing a lot of good content. And I know our audience today is going to love what you're going to be sharing with them. So it's, it's, uh, it's an honor for us to have you here on the podcast. And also being a fellow Canadian as well, it's, it's really nice to, to get back in and really share some information that's valuable to everybody. So, Nazar, just uh, as we go into this, share a little bit about yourself with the Zero to Hired audience. Sure. Uh, hey, everyone. My name is Nisar Ahmed. I run a career pub- an online publication called careermetis.com. Also run a couple of podcasts, the Career Insider Podcast and the Care Podcast. So as John mentioned, um, when it comes to things like career advice and job search, I try to do as much as possible by giving different types of providing different types of content to our audience, whether it is blog posts, whether it's podcast interviews. and um, I started off as everybody else. Like um, I didn't start off as a coach or any type of an expert in the industry. I started off as a job seeker and um, I, like everyone else, struggled initially uh, to find jobs. So I did everything what people typically do. I looked at blog posts. I look at uh, podcasts. I also hired a coach at one point. This is going back like 10 years ago. And uh, all this experience helped me um, become very effective with my job search skill. I believe job search is a skill and not a lot of people spend a lot of time on it because we don't do it every day compared to our skill, uh, compared to any other skill. Then I started applying these skills to my own job search. I started becoming uh, successful at it, meaning my job search become predictable. I was able to say to myself, okay, if I send out this many applications, I get this many interviews, I get this many offers. So I was able to crack the code for a lack of a better word for myself And once that was done, I was just sharing the idea with my friends and family. I mean, not expecting anything. I just wanted them to be successful. And I just said, hey, do this or try this. And they started going and applying it. And they also also found it effective. And some of them suggested, hey, why don't you start writing? And at that point, I thought nobody would read what I write. Who will listen to me? Uh, The imposter syndrome. And uh, with a little bit of coercion from my friends and a lot of thought, I did start a blog that which became careermetis.com. That is four or five years ago. And here we are today. So I, I, I started, I, the reason I mentioned that is I've gone through all the struggles like everybody else. And um, I've seen from multiple sites as a job seeker, as a recruiter, even as a hiring manager, what works and what doesn't work. Nice. So, yeah, and actually, you know, I've got to state this because you said 10 years ago you, you came, well, no, no, not 10 years ago, but you've been doing this type of work for 10 years. 
And you yourself are a newcomer as well. So this is, you know, you're very closely tied to a lot of our audience members who are, a lot of them are newcomers to the country. Uh, some of them are still outside of the country waiting to come here because they're waiting on paperwork. Mm -hmm. uh, so what have you seen? And, you know, you said you mentioned a little bit about some of the challenges that you face, but what do you see typically uh, the type of challenges that newcomers face today when, when they're going through the job search process? Yeah, great question. And since the audience is mostly Canadian, I'll speak to that. Um, so one of the things most people will find out is they come from different countries and there is a shock of how hiring is done in Canada. Uh, it's, not, it's not drastically different from a lot of the other parts of the world, but there is a little bit of a learning curve, the terms and how things are done in terms of processes and all that. So people find that a little bit. Uh, thankfully, there are a lot of resources that are resources like yours. There are also a lot of government assisted programs, which helps people get through the ramp. So that's one good advantage of Toronto or Canada where you can get that. So the biggest challenge is like just understanding to navigate um, who to apply and where to apply. So for example, they might be used to a particular job board in the country from the country they belong to. They come here and they find out it is something else. Um, they also find out, uh, they also try to understand what are the different, um, how the market is different uh, it, itself. Um, certain uh, markets such as marketing and IT, it's very similar, right? Because the infrastructure for uh, networking is the same in Canada or Sweden or India. The infrastructure for digital advertising and marketing is same for US, Canada, India, Pakistan, Sweden, so they are able to quickly ramp up because the skills are transferable, but some other cases, it may not be straightforward. So those are the few things people will struggle. And, last, and the last thing, which is more on a personal level, not to do with professional, it is, it is overwhelming and there's a lot of fear coming into a new country, new situation. People are always overwhelmed about where to start. And trust me, I've been there. I did that 14 years ago. And anyone who has come here since, I, since I've moved here, they all go through the same as well. So anyone listening to this, the challenges I'm saying is not new. You will face the same as well. But if you give it a few months or even a few weeks, if you do it properly, you are able to break that uh, loop. And the la oh, actually, one last thing. If you're listening to this, you've all heard about the dreaded Canadian experience. <laughs> uh, I, I put that in quote. I wish I can, uh, you know, we are in camera. And um, that's a challenge, but anyone who has been here a few years will tell you, once you get that first job or the, the, the so-called Canadian experience, after that, it is relatively smooth sailing. Getting that first one could be a challenge and um, is a challenge. And if you are able to overcome that, uh, then, of course, uh, it makes it relatively easier for finding a next job or the one after. So this is interesting. So you've touched on a, a few really, really good topics, and uh, and I want to deep dive into a little bit uh, into a, a little bit of all of them because I think there's some really good information there. So you talked about the different fields. Um, different fields have different requirements, and even though I know there's very common fields like IT. So regardless of where you are in the world, IT is IT, right? Oracle is Oracle, Microsoft is Microsoft. Uh, but there's other fields and you know things like engineering like in canada for the most part engineering is a regulated field uh, but what we've seen there's there's roles that are associated to those fields 
that you could still apply for, but aren't necessarily engineering roles. So when people are looking, and this is my first question of many, but when people are looking, what should they be looking for specifically? Because I know you touched on it really quickly, but what should they be looking for specifically, especially when it comes to regulated or unregulated fields? Yeah, excellent question, right? So if you are in a field that is um, where the skills are universal, like IT and marketing, it should Mm -hmm. stop you. Let's say you, you could get the similar skill set or similar type of job if you come and apply and you're able to speak to the strengths of that role. Um, regulated fields like engineering or anything else, I would give the same advice for some, someone who's switching to a different career. Um, initially, when you make that move, uh, lower your expectations a little bit. Uh, what do I mean by that? For example, engineering is regulated, right? So there is this thing called professional engineers, um, most, if you wanted to get into that field, you need to go through this certification school. Some people go through masters. Um, I, I wouldn't recommend you if you want to do that. That's fine. Uh, if that's the but if you want to do it, you should do it. I don't discourage anybody from certification or specialization. It's an amazing thing, but it should not be the only thing you do to get a job. So what I would recommend is you know lower your expectations. Maybe you get your foot in through something else. And once you have that company's guidance and once you have that company's um, under your company under your name, you're able to expand on that. So a friend of mine, um, he had a civil engineering degree. He came a few years ago and um, he came in with expectations of doing whatever it takes. And luckily enough, through a network, he found a company that does soil testing um, with this. There's a toll free road in Toronto. I think it's all across. Ontario now it's it's expanding. It's called the 407. They were doing an expansion project. So there was this company which was a consulting contracting company, and he he got in the foot uh, he got his foot in the door with not directly civil engineering, but it is field of civil engineering. And he started working there for a uh, uh, for a few months. Then it became as a contractor, meaning most engineering jobs could be in contract. They want to see then they can extend it. Then they extended it to a full time role, and now he's expanding it to uh, a full-blown engineering role. So that's a good example I would give for something like engineering. Um, you can start, but you, may, you can start in the industry. You may not able, be able to start directly in the job. So sometimes you just lower your bar, uh, work through the process. And I'm not talking about five years. I'm maybe talking about 12 to 18 months. You could get in and get to where you want to be. Yeah, no, that's great advice. Because I think a lot of the, a lot of what happens is people don't, Think about it that way. And actually, I, I really like how you explained it. Think about working in the field, but not necessarily in the role right away, because you might have to build up certain accreditations to get there. Uh, but in the meantime, you could still be working in that space. And uh, what you do find, I, and you got to think about it this way too, the, the hiring manager or the hiring organization, they're taking a big risk in bringing somebody who doesn't have a lot of experience working in the field here. And because it is regulated, they want to make sure that the money that they're investing in you is going to be a good return. You know, at the end of the day, as employees, we're here to solve problems for organizations, not just to collect money from them, right? So we got to make sure that we, we can show our value and we can show our skills and experience will actually pay off. So that's actually a really great way of, of looking at that. You talked about, you know, while you were explaining your as you were going through this example, you were, you're talking about networking and how 
you know, you can start to network while you're in this field. Um, when it comes to networking, what are some of the things that you would recommend for people? Yeah. Like to build up as they're, they're gaining that experience. Cause I think a lot of it is getting to know people within those fields in order to build the connections to get the jobs. Right. So yeah. What would you recommend? Networking is extremely important, but if I may, I just wanted to, you, you mentioned something, what you just explained, there is something that is really key. And I wanted to make sure that people heard that. You mentioned something about as job seekers, we're not getting hired to get paid. You're getting hired to solve people's problem. And that mindset is extremely important. When I spoke about challenges, that's the first thing I would say to anyone because people typically have this mentality, whether they're newcomers or they've been here for many years, they get frustrated with job search and saying, oh, nobody's hiring me. I'm not getting paid. But as soon as you change the mindset to, no, 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 I'm here to solve problems. And with my skill set, I'm confident I can solve some problems. If you go in with that attitude from day one, you will be in a much more effective job search. So what you mentioned, John, is really awesome. And I wanted to make sure that I highlight that before I answer the networking question. Um, mm-hmm. So thanks for mentioning that. It's, it's extremely key. Um, going on to the networking question. So I think it's very important. Start with what you have. Like, for example, you come in, you might have a couple of friends, few friends, ask, ask, ask around. I would say nine out of 10 people want to help you. Um, like for example, people always ask me, I, I try to see if I know someone and if I don't know anything, I at least give them the resources or the websites they can go to. So always start with your inner circle of the people who, you know, let's say you don't know anyone. Let's say you're coming here. Um, you can always find your alumni association through Facebook group or LinkedIn group and ask for them for guidance. There are different methods you can do like informational interviews and all that. And I always, if, you, if you're in a professional field, there are so many meetups and networking events. For example, marketing, there are so many different marketing meetups in Toronto. There's a meetup for everything. There's a meetup for everything in Canada. Uh, there are industry associations and usually it costs, uh, some, most of them are free. Some of them cost a few dollars. You go and talk and meet, meet these people. And when you catch someone, ask them, hey, listen, I, I'm, I'm not looking... I'm not going to ask you for a job, but I'm just curious, what, what do, you, do you recommend? Most people would be happy to share their ideas. And that's where you build, um, start building uh, all this network. And you invest in your network, provide some value, make sure you're not harassing them for jobs. They will help you. And, uh, and that's something that most people would say. There's no, match, there is, there's no magic bullet. It's all about building connections, relationships, and be a little bit patient. Maybe the network you build that those individuals may not be help you may, may not be able to help you today, but as you as time goes on, they will be able to connect later. Yeah, no, I so I really like, and I hope the audience members hear this. You know, when you go out and you're doing those uh, networking events, go ask for a recommendation on how to get the role, how to get the job. Versus, I'm looking for a job. Here's my resume, which is going to do nothing for you. If anything, it's just going to make that person, it's going to turn that person off and they're not going to want to deal with you because you're the person who's always asking them for things. So I really liked how you said, you know, just ask them for a recommendation on what they could do to get into that role. So that's fantastic. So thank you, Nazar. That's, that's been great. What we're going to do now is we're just going to take a quick break. You've given us some really good information around networking. You talked about how to get into regulated fields. And when we get back, we're going to build on top of that. Because one of the questions that are going to come up right after this break is we're going to talk a little bit about Canadian experience. Because I know that's one 
that a lot of newcomers struggle with, and I want to make sure that we speak to that specifically. All right, everybody, so just give us a quick minute, and we'll be right back. Are you planning to move to Canada and concerned about how you will find your first job? Maybe you're already here and struggling to get that big break. As a newcomer to Canada myself, I knew the best time to be prepared for a job search is before I needed the job. My name is Connell Valentine and I'll be your online course instructor helping you get the job soon after and maybe even before you land in Canada. I'll be sharing my screen while helping you build your brand new Canadian resume that will delight recruiters. We will create a direct email marketing campaign to hiring managers that will make you stand out from your competition. We will then be doing a demo of a real online job application, showing you the precise steps you need to follow to quadruple your chances at getting the job interview. And finally, to get the inside info on the vast majority of the hidden job market, I'll show you how real networking is done in Canada. The average salary in Canada is well over $200 per day. Don't waste any more time and money being unemployed while trying to find the right way to job search. Get lifetime access to these courses at the link in the show notes below at courses.zerotohired.com. Use it to get your first job fast and to get your promotional jobs in your future. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Zero to Hired podcast. Our special guest this week is Nazar Amit. And Nazar is founder of the award-winning career blog, uh, careermetis.com, and the host of the Career Insider podcast. And he's been sharing some really good information around building networks and really how to make yourself stand out in an interview and throughout the entire interview process. And when we left off, we were just talking about networking. But the one question, Nazar, that I want to ask you now is when it comes to Canadian experience, what does that mean to you? And what could some of what could be one or two things that a newcomer could do to get around the whole new the new Canadian or the Canadian experience, uh, as you put into air quotes, um, dilemma. I think I mean as the name suggests, Canadian experience is as long as you have any relevant experience in that industry. Sorry, in that industry or in that role. So I'll use the example of sales. Uh, right. So. Mm-hmm. might have worked in sales in your um, in your uh, country. Uh, let's say you worked in a, um, Singapore and you worked in sales for Microsoft. Um, you can come here and that's one thing I would recommend is you look for companies like, like Microsoft in Canada and apply for them. And as soon as they see that in the resume, they'll more likely invite you for an interview because Microsoft is a universal brand. So always look for companies that are similar to what you have done. Another example is, for example, um, marketing as well. Like, for example, marketing is, you know, Facebook is the same everywhere. <laughs> Instagram is the same everywhere. Google Ads is the same everywhere. So when you come to the company, they want to see what you have done in the past. So they're more curious about the results you have shown. So as long as you can show relevant experience, you are able to go and um, go and prove to them. Second thing I want to say is, uh, it, it, is, it, is diff- it is a challenge. I'll be honest with you. If there were two candidates, um, one has experience with similar companies here in Canada and the other one has, does not have similar experience 
there is a lot of there is an inherent bias and you know based on the interview they might be based on the resume they might even favor the other candidate one way you can overcome this is by doing something over and beyond so for example making sure you're not only sending your resume maybe you're sending them something that is different from what every other candidate would do uh, maybe you're sending them a plan okay listen if i get an interview I would love to come and talk to you about this marketing plan. I looked at your website. I looked at all this. These are the things I think you can improve. And I would love to come and talk to you more. If you, if you presented in that way, any hiring manager would be like, he, he or she would not care about Canadian experience. You'd be like, wait a minute. This, this candidate is totally different from everyone else. Everyone just sent me a resume. I want to talk to this person. Um, I would do the same thing. I can give you multiple examples of different things. Um, if you're in technology, if you're in marketing, if you're in sales, you can do a lot of research on them and you can come up with something unique and present it to them. More, more like uh, you're giving something of value to the hiring manager. Um, at the end of the day, hiring manager wants to solve a problem in his team or her team. They want to hire someone who can solve the problem. And at the end of the day, if you can prove that you are the candidate who can solve that pr problem, the Canadian lack of Canadian experience will be, you know, uh, will be, and over will not even be a problem. Does that make sense, John? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. So what I'm, what I've heard, and what is, you know, I'm taking tons of notes. I hope, I hope my listeners are taking lots of notes too. So look for organizations that are similar to the type of organizations that you've worked in the past, yeah. I, and especially with um, multinational organizations, country or organizations that work in several countries. Uh, one thing that I've heard a lot of people do is, you know, the first thing you should start with if you're working for a big multinational is find out if they have a similar branch here in Canada. And, and it might actually go by a different name, but if, as long as you're working inside the organization or in the, one of its subsidiaries, it's, it's really going to increase the, uh, the chances of you landing a job in there as well. So, and then showing your experience. And, I really liked how you talked about how you just go a little bit above and beyond what everybody else is doing, right? Uh, regardless of whether you're a newcomer or you're a Canadian that's been here for many years, you know, standing out and being different isn't that difficult. You just need to put a little bit more effort into your, into your job application and into the entire interview process. And doing something like you said, you know, going into a job interview or, you know, proposing some, you know, like the example you said around marketing, where you provide them a marketing plan on what they can do so you can show that you're adding more value to the organization is really going to make you stand out and be different. Uh, I just yeah. to add a couple of Go ahead. examples. Um, I, I gave, I, it could be, standing out doesn't have to be even a detailed marketing plan or a mm -hmm. value. It could be as simple as showing up at the office. And I have two stories. One is a good friend of mine. Uh, he used to work for Canon India. So he came here and guess what he did? Instead of searching, he went to Canon Canada. He went to the office, uh, dropped off his application in, a, in an envelope and he got a call back and they interviewed him and he hired him. They hired him. So uh, that's number one. So he didn't have to wait for months to get a job. Then one, as soon as he worked for Canon Canada, now he has a Canadian experience. It made it easier for him to get another job. Uh, another example is something very similar. I met, once met with an IT manager um, in person. And I asked him like, and I think he, I believe he was from South Africa and he's been with the same company, the comp the first company that 
uh, he started working for, for five years. So I asked him, how did he get this job? Oh, this is what I did. I made a list of all the companies that I think would be a good fit. I came to each office and said, hey, can I meet the hiring manager? Some said yes. And I uh, sometimes the hiring manager would come out. I would just hand him my resume. And I said, hey, uh, I know you're busy. I don't want to take too much of my t- your time. I just want to hand over my resume. If you think this is a good fit for this role, I would love to come. Guess what? They called him back. He got an interview. He got the job. Nobody does that, John. Nobody goes to an office and drops <laughs> a resume because they think it's against the norm. But guess what? If you're applying against a machine, like an online, your chances are even one to hundred to get an interview. Here, I can guarantee you, you're one of the one, you could be the only candidate who has ever done that. And they automatically, the hiring manager is like, okay, let me at least take a look. So it, it's very, it, I know it's, it's very unconventional. It is nerve wracking, but nobody does it. And people who have done it, I know three people who have done it. They've all got an interview back and all three of them have got the job. Yeah, you know, sometimes you think about the most basic things uh, could be so effective. And, you know, when I think about my career and, you know, when I started off, that's how I got one of my first jobs, ironically enough. You know, I, I took my resume into a computer store and I said, hey, I'm looking for jobs. And I think I went to like three or four different computer stores. And uh, in the last store that I went to, they ended up giving me a job. So there you go. It's not something just 20 years ago. This is stuff that's still relevant today. Because I think about, and you think about post, right? You think about mail. I don't know about you. I I don't know about you, Nazar, but when I get a letter in the mail, I open the letter, Mm -hmm. right? So when you hand somebody a package, there's going to be a very good chance that they're going to open the package. Because it's not something that we get every day, especially today in this digital age where everything is computerized, everything's in a PDF format, you know, receiving an actual envelope with something in it means so much. But it also means a lot for someone to go out of their way to that organization to take that chance of actually getting an interview with somebody. And, you know, most likely if you're personable and, you know, you have good... um, relationship skills, and you can really show your value in that moment, that's going to light the person up and they're going to say they're going to call you in for an interview. So that's great advice. Wow. Showing up in the office and just having your resume. Um, Okay. Yeah, good, good. So in terms of other challenges that a newcomer might face, and, you know, with your recruiting and your, uh, you know, being a hiring manager, what are one of the other common elements or common mistakes that newcomers make when they're looking for work? I think the biggest mistake, and this applies to newcomers or anyone else, coming Mm -hmm. from a place of need, um, then a place of adding value, meaning I need a job. Trust me, first of all, I want to say this. I have been there and I I would be the first person to say job search is hard. It's hard on your uh, psyche, your mental health. It's very, very difficult. It, and I will be the first person to say, no, anybody who says job search is easy is lying to you. Uh, it, it is tough. So in spite of that, if you make the job search about you, that would be a number one mistake. I talk about mindset. Uh, and when I say talk about mindset, it comes as an inside out approach, meaning you start off by what you can do for them. At the end of the day, and this is the harsh, cold truth, your hiring manager does not care about you the hiring manager cares about what you can do for him or her. The employer you're going to work for, they don't care about you. They care about what you can do for them. 
can you help them get more revenue? Can you help them get more marketing? Can you help them clean up their IT infrastructure? Can you help them create products faster with your skills? Can you help them save money with your accounting skills? The list goes on. Um, and that is very important. As soon as you have that in you, like that, that is part of your mentality, and then you apply using that, you are more likely to succeed than anybody else who's just looking for a job. Because if you're, you're coming in as a problem solver, you, 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 you're, you're a problem solver for that particular employer and you're trading in your time and skills and effort for the capital, which is money, which is a salary. Uh, so that's the number one mistake anybody makes. And you'd be surprised. I've been on multiple sites, uh, recruiting, hiring. Everybody makes that mistake, even if someone has been working here for 20 years. So it's the employer first, your hiring manager first, then, then if you are able to connect that dots, you increase your chances. That's number one. Second one is more technical, you know, the resumes and uh, LinkedIn and stuff like that. And there's so many resources, your podcast, your website, my podcast, my website, there's so many other experts. Spend some time, spend some time to read and learn how to craft a resume, LinkedIn, cover letter. These are the technical aspects of the job search. Spend some time. It doesn't take a lot of effort. I mean, if you spend a day cleaning up your resume, it, the results are many folds. And the last thing is preparation. Prepare, prepare, prepare like you've never prepared. I'm surprised by the, num the number of candidates that impress me in an interview. I think it is one out of four not because they are bad, it's skill set because they don't come prepared. And it's, it's common sense. <laughs> like, you know, anybody listening to this will say, oh, come on, Nassar. Come on, John. That's common sense. But <laughs> having hired, common sense is not common. So yeah. I have to stress that because those are technical skills like, you know, resume, cover letter, LinkedIn interviews, but that goes a long way. And a lot of people are good at being an IT person or a marketing person or a salesperson. If they spend some time investing in the skill set, the results are significant. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm with you. So, you know, just going through your three again, you know, make sure you add some value or you come in with an add value type of mindset. You talked about technical, uh, you know, the resume, the cover letter, and, and even your LinkedIn profile, like all these elements, they need to be done before you actually go out there and start doing your search. These aren't things that you're building as you're searching. These are things that you build before your search. And then this way, as you start going through your search and you start getting those calls, um, it's definitely going to show. And these are things that are going to make you shine. You have to shine sometimes on paper first before you can shine in person. And then finally, the preparation piece, and I'm with you 100% on this one, Azar. I think a lot of people don't prepare themselves, you know, and I've been there myself where early on in my career, you know, I walked into an interview totally not prepared, not knowing very much about the organization. And I blew the job interview because at the end of the interview, I said, you know, so what does your company do? Right? Just like simple things like that. You know, what does the company do? What are they doing in the, what's big in the media? What can you learn about them before you show up is really going to show, you know, your attention to detail and how much interest you actually have in the organization. So these are great tips. So thank you for sharing those with us. So this brings us to the end of our show, Nazar. And I know, and I definitely want to make sure that the audience members who are listening in 
they're going to know that they're going to get a link to your career medicine website because I think it's, it's amazing and the content in there is very rich. And as soon as you launch your new podcast, we're going to share that out as well. Uh, but if there's anything else that you'd like to share with the audience, you know, what other resources or items or links or sites would you like to, to share with us today? Yeah, I mean, uh, I would say, yeah, definitely. Thanks for sharing. I mean, careermedis.com, if you go to the website, there's tons of resources depending on different topics. And we are always adding more useful content, more digestible content. Uh, but if anyone wants to reach out to me directly, my email is nisar at careermedis.com. It's N-I-S-S-A-R, my first name at careermedis.com, the website name. Uh, or you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm happy to uh, have a chat and guide you through the journey. Um, and I, I, I just, this is subject, I reason I got into this is because it, I enjoy doing this. And at the same time, there is a problem out there. I think uh, there's a lot of people with great skills. They're not able to get there. So I'm happy to help, happy to have a chat on LinkedIn or by email and guide you in the right direction. That's what I would be happy to do for your audience since they're all based in Canada and I'm also in Canada. So I, I have a special place. <laughs> so I'm happy to do the extend that offer as well. So just reach out to me. I'd be happy to guide you. Thank you for that. I, I, I can tell you right now, people are going to start reaching out to you. This is going to be great. Uh, you are a wonderful resource and, you know, and, and the work that you've done online is, is fantastic, which is why we reached out to you, right? Because we want to get the best of the best in the industry to really share insights and knowledge. So thank you for your time today, Nazar. It's been a pleasure speaking with you and having and extracting some of that, that valuable knowledge out of you for our audience. And uh, yeah, so thank you for being on our show. Thank you for having me. It was a great, uh, great, you asked great questions. So it was a pleasure. All right. All right, everybody. That is it for this episode of the Zero to Hire podcast. Thank you for tuning in. And make sure you follow some of the links that we include in the show notes so you can get uh, some information off the Nazar site, but also connect with Nazar directly through his LinkedIn. They'll all be there. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Zero to Hired podcast. Make sure you check out our website, www.zerotohired.com and download your free resume template that's proven to get results, complete with examples and guidelines. Make sure you tune in as we interview leading industry experts who provide tips and strategies to help you get the career that's right for you.